What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Each episode on here will feature leaders in the digital space to help entrepreneurs grow their knowledge and understanding of the Amazon and e-commerce world. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? Ryan Kramer with Crossover Commerce. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, episode 30, we made it. This is the season finale of this awesome show that somehow was a brainchild from just myself and a colleague. We just were talking about uh, e-commerce industry in general, and I wanted to bring more information to you, either a customer of Ping Pong or a connection of mine on LinkedIn or a little bit of both. We wanted to bring a different perspective on the e-commerce market. So I've been fortunate enough to bring 30 unique individuals or uh, different talks with people throughout the back half of 2020 and have come live to you guys to answer your questions, to post different types of content so that you can walk away a little bit better whether you're an Amazon seller or an e-commerce brand or a little bit of both and just want to kind of get in that perspective on uh, on the space. So with me today, again, with episode 30, I had to bring on someone that was super unique, super uh, experienced in the space. And I brought on with me the founder of PPC Ninja, Ritu Java. Uh, we are going to actually talk about both the PPC aspect of Japan, but just Japan's marketplace in general, both on Amazon um, in just like the cultural aspect. I think it's super fascinating, unique, and we were talking a little bit before this. So let me, before I spoil anything, let me bring her in to uh, the show. Ritu, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Oh, you know, just, it snowed last night for the Ooh. first time this year. I feel like I'm in the Midwest, you're in the Northeast or Northwest. Yes. Yeah, Pacific yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it snows up there quite often for you guys, I'm sure. It does. But yeah, this is the this is the first time I got to get the snowblower out, so it was interesting Ooh. today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, winter like we all love it, except when we're out there shoveling or snow blowing snow. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining me. This is exciting. Um, yeah, you've been you've kind of been doing like when I hear about PPC um, and I see other podcasts or other entities out there uh, in the space, they're always touting your expertise, and you are the go to like the queen of PPC or. Uh, you know, you know, you just know the market so well. So it's awesome to have you on and kind of, uh, kind of pick your brain today. Oh my goodness, I'm so honored, and I don't know if I'm the queen. I don't know <laughs> about that. Self-proclaimed. We'll call yeah. you, we'll call you the queen for now because you definitely know more than everyone on this podcast. You made, <laughs> you made my day. <laughs> no, I, I mean it's true. So I think what, what also what I was talking about, people, is just you have to be in the space for a while to know the ins and outs, what's worked in the past, and kind of where it's going in the future, which is why I think you guys are super successful at what you do. But when we were chatting about like, hey, what, what can we talk about? It's a cool show. Um, we haven't talked about Japan on this on this marketplace and Ping Pong is an international company. I wanted to get your perspective because this is something you've been super passionate about quite extensively, at least recently. Um, so maybe, maybe, maybe let's jump into your background, where you came from, and then uh, where your PPC Ninja kind of came into play. And yeah. then we can start talking Japan. Yeah, um, yeah. So super excited to be here. Uh, believe it or not, I have actually lived in Japan for 17 years, uh, which is a very long time. <laughs> a long time. It, I mean, you basically got citizen. Were you a citizen there? I was a permanent resident. I, okay. I still am. I am a permanent resident of Japan, although uh, currently I live in Canada. So I've been in Canada for three years, the last three years. Uh, but yeah, I, I had such a long uh, stay in Japan. Um, I, I loved, you know, all aspects of, you know, living in that country and learning all about the culture and even the language. So I, I actually learned language, but the language there. Um, and um, yeah, so actually today I, I just want to, you know, share about uh, Japanese uh, culture and um, also how it pertains to Amazon Japan, because that's our space and specifically Amazon PPC. And um, yeah, I think uh, a couple of, uh, you know, interesting tidbits about uh, Amazon Japan. The first one is that um, it is the third largest Amazon marketplace, uh, which most people don't know. And, um, you know, it is uh, has been around for about 10 years. So it's pretty stable and growing. Uh, and there's a lot of opportunity for someone who actually understands that market. So, you know, Amazon has always wanted, um, you know, 
sellers to you know sell in other markets and they've always kind of pushed this uh, these global programs that are always being talked about but very few people actually take them up on it because of the challenges of uh, first of all the language or you know taxation and customs and imports and all those uh, you know important details that you do need to be uh, able to clear before you can actually start selling in another market but you know with Japan um, I think uh, things are quite straightforward uh, even though they're not like super easy it, it there are challenges you do need like a local um, uh, entity there that can be um, responsible for your customs and your taxes but there are agents that uh, Amazon uh, kind of recommends on their service provider network so you know you can always find out details about that um, but I guess the big bigger hurdle is understanding the culture and you know making your product uh, actually stand out or actually be successful in that market, not just, you know, take whatever you have on, let's say, the U.S. market or the European market and just uh, translate it, uh, you know, and, and put it up on Japan. There's more to it uh, than just translation. So, yeah, I guess today I wanted to talk about a few kind of interesting cultural aspects so that you can, you know, understand how Japanese people think, how they you know, how, what, what are the things they like, uh, what behaviors they kind of exhibit so that, you know, you can cater your listings and your PPC uh, to kind of do your, uh, yeah, to, to kind of shine on that market uh, instead of just having uh, a listing there. So I love it. Yeah. And, yeah. and before we dive in, for people who are watching, we have quite a bit of people who are on LinkedIn, again, Facebook, YouTube. If you're watching this live, go ahead and put your questions in the comment section and we will see these pop up on our screens and we will share them with the audience. So no questions off limits, uh, obviously pertaining to uh, the Japanese marketplace. So if you have questions for Ritu or myself, please feel free to go ahead and ask. And if you're watching this at a later time, we understand that everyone could do this live. Go ahead and uh, write or email us and we'll give contact information for Ritu and her team. And then myself, go ahead and either tag us in the social posts or you can go ahead and just make your comment and I'll make sure that Ritu can get in touch with you. So with, with that being said, Ritu, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so a little background about PPC Ninja. So PPC Ninja is uh, one of the leading providers of PPC tools, services, and education for Amazon sellers, vendors, and agencies. So we kind of serve um, all the um, advertisers on the Amazon space. Um, and uh, we're probably one of the very few uh, tool vendors that support Japan. And that's really key because, you know, without the language support and without, um, you know, automation for PPC, it's very hard to kind of, um, yeah, to stay on top of your PPC because there's so many variables and there's so much, uh, you know, competition that, you know, if you don't have a, a solid tool that's constantly discovering new keywords for you or, you know, uh, helping you with your bids and so on, it can be very intimidating. So I uh, just wanted to share that as a background. And uh, let's let's go into the you know the cultural aspects of Japan and Japanese uh, language and uh, look at how we can come up with uh, some you know really good uh, strategies for uh, listing optimization and PPC uh, strategies for uh, PPC management. So um, so the first thing I want to just uh, touch upon is uh, you know the language. Uh, so that's the most important thing because Japanese is. Uh, a very difficult language to, to learn. And it is also a very uh, interesting language because it has both the pictorial and the phonetic aspects to it. Uh, and what I mean by that is that, um, you know, just like the Chinese uh, script is pictorial, uh, like each character of the Chinese language has a bunch of pictographs that, you know, kind of stand for certain things. Um, images almost drawn, uh, you know, the primitive number one was just a line in Japanese, number two is two lines, and then three is three lines and so on. So there's, there's a uh, pictographic element to the, the characters that uh, Japanese people actually absorb from China. So there's the, the script is known as kanji, which is the, you know, the, the original script that's coming from China. Uh, but then they also have a phonetic script uh, that they use um, to pronounce those words because you could see a picture, but then you've got to call it something, right? So there's that phonetic uh, script that is known as hiragana, which is local to uh, Japan. It's, it's a Japanese script. Um, and then in addition to that, they have uh, developed another script uh, specifically for foreign words, uh, which is known as the katakana script. 
And um, what that uh, means is that, you know, words that were imported from outside, such as Starbucks or uh, Coca-Cola, are words that never kind of originated in the original kind of Japanese historical uh, context. Those words are written in that other language um, or the other script, right? And uh, to make things even more complicated, they also uh, speak English in to a certain degree. So the English language, uh, you know, you can see it everywhere. If you go to Japan, uh, every billboard, every, you know, kind of highway sign will have both Japanese and English. Um, however, uh, you know, the, the conversational aspect of English is kind of not, um, you know, it isn't as prominent as the um, Japanese language itself. So while the Japanese um, people understand uh, English, they will hesitate to speak it, right? Uh, while they may uh, be you know, intimidated by the English language, they will look at it, they will be able to read it in their head. Maybe they won't give you a response if you say hello to them in, in, in English, they will be a little intimidated, but uh, they have an enormous uh, appreciation for the English language and there's always like, like, uh, you know, there's so many English language schools there uh, that people are always learning English. They have this fascination for the West and for the English language. So there is that mix of all these four scripts that uh, you can see everywhere. Like you go to any store, you will see, um, you know, all four of them being used simultaneously, maybe in the same kind of, you know, sentence or on the same placard, uh, it's, it, they use all four of them. So yeah, I guess the reason why I'm mentioning this is because of PPC, because you know what happens when you try to come up with the right keywords for describing your product. Which of these four scripts would you go for, right? So it's a it's an interesting challenge. It's an interesting problem, and. Um, it almost uh, feels to me like we've got to make four times the effort to come up with the right set of keywords. So in all the four scripts, you've got to have the kanji variant, you've got to have the hiragana variant, the katakana if it's a foreign word or partially a foreign word and the English language because um, they will like to see all of these in your title, in your, uh, in your descriptions and so on. So yeah, it, to me, it seems like almost like a communication overload and almost like a cipher within just a, what so, should seem straightforward to a lot of people. So the fact that you have to break it down into almost a, not a piece, but almost to talk to each of those four different communication variables is just another layer and how like to convert, right? Because that for you got your guys's job is to make sure that doing what you do best to make sure you're speaking to the customer the best way possible, but then to make sure that all four of those communication variables are in mind, that, that seems like it, just a puzzle is super difficult to, to crack basically. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I've just uh, shared my screen because I want uh, everyone to just uh, have a look at this. So this is one of the, um, yeah, it's one of the busy streets in Japan. It's called uh, Akihabara. It's one of the, uh, I think, uh, how would I describe it? It's a, the electronics city of uh, within Tokyo. Uh, and this is where people go to for all the gadgets. They love gadgets, right? And uh, the reason why I wanted to show you this screen is because you can see how much of all the four languages are everywhere. Like there is a bit of uh, kanji, which is, as you can see, this where my mouse is pointed. Uh, there's some katakana. Uh, there's some English, uh, English, English. Uh, katakana. So everything coexists. There is no like pure uh, usage of the Japanese language. It's like uh, all mixed up. Um, and you know why it is interesting is because definitely you want to make sure that when you present your listing, uh, you can take advantage of all these four uh, based on which uh, format works the best for your product, right? Um, and how it how it can be described best with uh, uh, you know, a mix of all these. Uh, the other thing to note too, that they love detail. So as you can see, there is, uh, you know, if you pick up any of these uh, billboards, you will see a lot of detail. So there's, it's almost like crammed with information and that's fine. It is totally acceptable. There is um, a, an acceptance for 
uh, procedures, uh, processes, uh, descriptions. So, uh, you know, when you when it comes to your second image or your third image on your uh, listing, it's perfectly fine to kind of have a lot of detail in there, uh, especially uh, if uh, your product requires certain steps for installation, for example, or let's say your product has, um, you know, it's part of a larger process that you can outline. You can put numbers, one, two, three, show the, the flow and so on. So that's something that would be super appreciated by Japanese people because, um, you know, it is a lot of attention to detail that they that they bring. You know, they, they're really uh, good with uh, the small little, the fine print. They love it. <laughs> So, so I guess that brings up a couple different questions for myself. And again, for those of you joining live, go ahead and uh, submit your questions. Or we're going to see those and I have a couple that, that kind of came in. I'll make sure we get to those in a little bit. Um, when when you're, if people are listening to this and they're like, that, that sounds like just a lot to get into. And that, that's kind of a scary way to jump into my listing or to jump onto a marketplace like that. What are the best, maybe can you provide some tips of people who are entering that market space um, with the best ways to kind of like either present their their products or their listings, and then we can kind of work on the PPC side after that. What, what's kind of the basics they need to do to get into that, knowing these things? Right, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, I think the best thing would be to, to follow some of the uh, the leaders in the space already. So, for example, if there are competitors that are following certain best practices, and I will come to them in a, in a, in a minute, um, you know, making sure that, um, you know, all your listings are uh, catering to the Japanese um, sense, sensibility, it's more... Um, you know, it, of course, Amazon has a requirement for the main image, but when it comes to second, third, and fourth, uh, I would highly recommend looking at um, certain other marketplaces where um, Japanese people are already kind of, uh, you know, shopping. For example, there is uh, the PayPay Mall uh, in Japan or Rakuten. Those are two really good ones. So maybe just look at some of those um, existing listings to get ideas on how you can uh, really optimize your listing and make sure uh, uh, that you're providing all the details that uh, a shopper needs to, to make their purchase. Um, and also there's a certain colors and certain fonts that they uh, appreciate. Um, and um, I might give some more examples of those fonts and so on, uh, looking sure. at real Amazon listings um, that you could definitely pick up from uh, the, the best uh, in the game and kind of try to emulate those. And I know that it is very hard for someone who doesn't get the language to kind of just put up something that is uh, perfect from the get-go. But, you know, there's always steps and you can always start at a certain, certain point and then uh, go from there and see what's working and what isn't. Um, so, yeah, so that's... Um, kind of uh, the, the cultural background, uh, maybe a few more details to add, uh, you know, things that uh, go viral in Japan uh, are, you know, you've probably heard of, of Tama Tamagotchi. I don't know if, if you right. know. Right. Yeah, yeah, I remember this. Yeah. So, so they were the virtual pets, right? The Those pets, were the right. ones exactly. you have to feed them. And if you didn't, you're like, basically yeah. were a bad human being. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the, the reason why I bring up that example is because, uh, you know, there is a, a certain element of going viral in Japan that is super important. Uh, so if let's say you're even at the stage uh, where you're kind of sourcing uh, products and you want to find, you know, good products that uh, will sell in Japan, um, you, you, you might be uh, better off looking for trends that are already existing and kind of ride on those waves because, you uh, Japanese people are, Japan is a very homogenous society. So what one person likes, likely that nine other people out of 10 will like that. Um, and so there's so much consistency in behavior that when something goes viral, you can pretty much uh, expect that to be a wave that is not going away anytime soon, just like the wow. that you think. Yeah. So, so how are, so how are most, uh, most things going viral over there? Is it through video? Is it through um, like, is it through television? What What's the number one way? Yeah. Because a lot of people point to like TikTok or another social media platform. Yeah. What are you, what are people seeing over there in yeah. uh, Japan? 
all of that. So there's, uh, you know, uh, so there's television, of course, and there's influencers and there's YouTube and all these channels are there. Um, but um, it's, yeah, it's just the culture. It just uh, picks up news and uh, media will just pick up um, any trend and it'll just go viral and then everyone will want that thing. <laughs> so this, that high degree of viral effect is like something that you can take advantage of, um, you know, when you when it comes to making the right product selection or, when, you know, even to, to figure out if your product is a good fit for the Japanese market, just see if there is more of the same kind already selling, then, you know, you have a chance to, to kind of ride on that wave. Um, in addition, you know, I think uh, they also love novelty. Uh, so if there is, let's say, um, something that's plain and boring, as simple as Jenga blocks, right? Um, if you throw your uh, unique, uh, you know, uh, creativity on, on, on a Jenga block um, uh, set of blocks, you, you can always make it uh, fun and different. And they'd love that. Um, so I'm actually going to share my screen again to show you. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, another example from... Uh, you know, one of those products that I, I found on, uh, hold on, it's, oh, no, not this one, this one. Yeah, let me know when you want it, want it to be shared. Yeah, okay, go ahead, yeah, you can share. Cool. Right, so, yeah, so this is an Amazon listing for something that looks like a Jenga block uh, set, so it's got 60 pieces, now each of these uh, blocks is this, like, cool, like, fun, cute scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see the variants of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's a really cool variant of of the same kind of old and boring. So they love novelty, and I'd like to also add that they love characters. So anything that has any characters, like Disney characters, like uh, you know maybe anime or manga or let's say uh, the 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 Rangers or those kind of things. Uh, any anything any product that has uh, kind of an affinity for. Um, you know, uh, characterization, it's a good idea to kind of uh, take that route because likely it will be interesting to them and it'll sell uh, really well. Um, so yeah, so th that's the other fascination they have for anime, manga, characters, and so on. Um, right, okay, so we've talked a little bit about the culture and, you know, how you know, Japanese people like certain things. They also love the Western culture. So don't be afraid to have like uh, Western models, let's say in your uh, images, because uh, they do have a fascination for uh, Western culture to that extent, and it would be accepted. Um, let's- Yes, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm throwing up a couple different things as yeah, you continue sure. to talk. Obviously the audience is listening from mine does. I hear the Japanese people love American consumables too. And uh, we have a couple other questions. Again, go ahead and send those your way. We're going to wait, let uh, Ritu kind of go on a roll and educate people. And then we'll make sure we'll hop back to these awesome points too. For Anyways. Perfect. Going back to, All right. I, I'm on my edge of my seat. I'm like right here leaning forward. I'm like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. It's, it's, it is fun. I mean, um, yeah, okay. So now let's talk about listings, right? Let's talk about how you would uh, structure your listing or uh, what are the things to to keep in mind when it comes to um, you know listing optimization and stuff like that. So again, I have shared my screen um, right here. I don't know if I have. Have I? Uh, no. One of the sides. It's the other oh. one. It's all good. Doing this live, it, it brings its own <laughs> ups and downs. But yeah, uh, there right. we go. That, okay. that looks like that's better screen yeah. to share. There we go. Cool. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So I think one of the things that uh, most people don't realize uh, is that the Japanese language doesn't have any spaces between words, uh, which is something that really surprised me when I was actually learning the language uh, many, many years ago. Um, so like, for example, this is a news article from a recent uh, magazine. So, you know, people don't realize that, you know, these two are a word, this is a word, this is a word. This word is coronavirus <laughs> and so oh, on. Geez. You can't tell, right? It just looks like each character is running into the other. Um, so can you um, can you imagine how the algorithm, uh, Amazon's algorithm would be separating these out? <laughs> it would yeah. be a nightmare, right? I was gonna say, so what, what are the kind of like the downsides? Does Amazon have this figured out? Is it something that they've worked on that they can do or is it still kind of a jumbled mess on their head? 
Yeah, it's it's really interesting. So things have really uh, improved uh, from what they used to be in the past. Uh, so now Amazon has become quite good at uh, you know being able to detect uh, all these different characters and words and kind of have like um, uh, you know uh, machine learning to to figure out where the word starts and ends. Uh, but there's a lot of context here. So one tip I have for people who are uh, maybe putting their titles together and want to rank for certain keywords because that, that's what is so important. Uh, you know, I would recommend uh, using spaces between words um, for just for the title. Um, you know, I know that it's not, uh, it doesn't make it um, super uh, Japanese-y, um, but you can still, um, because I've seen a lot of, um, a, a lot of um, listings that have intentionally placed uh, words uh, sorry, spaces between words that are important, so they stand out, and the the engine can uh, can actually um, do the matching uh, much better. Um, and including Amazon Basics or Amazon's own brands, they also use spaces uh, in their titles. Uh, not so much. I'm not seeing that in the bullet points, and that's fine. Um, the bullet points are mostly for the humans, right? For human re readability and so on. Um, but I would say that. Um, when it comes to the title or even your backend keywords, uh, just make sure you have enough um, kind of spaces uh, between the right words. Um, you don't need spaces between every single word, but especially the keywords that you want to rank for. So that was one interesting thing that I wanted to share. Um, okay. So yeah, for consuming for again to kind of bring it back full circle, don't yeah. put spaces in the title, um, but it's okay to put spaces in between in your listings in terms of the bullet points for the products? Um, well, actually, in the title, you do want to put spaces. Do, title, do put spaces. Okay, yeah. that's title, my fault. Yeah, so this is an example from Starbucks, all right? So they have, um, you know, these uh, words that are separated by intentional spaces right here, right here, as you can see. Um, and um, so I just want to show you the four scripts that I was talking about earlier. I've just highlighted them so that you can see what these words are. So the ones in green are the katakana, which is a foreign word here. It is Starbucks. And here it says um, uh, holiday blend, right? It's in right. their pronunciation. So holiday burendo. That's the way they would pronounce it. Um, and then this complicated looking thing, it, this is the kanji or the pictorial uh, pictorial character. So this is the original Chinese character. And then um, these are just English letter words that they kind of mix together with um, everything else. So yeah, so it's interesting that, um, you know, having this kind of support for spaces in the title actually might help um, and help the algorithm um, not get mixed up with uh, the, uh, the, the end of a, a word and the start of another. All right, so I'm going to stop sharing my screen. So when so when you do things like that, yeah, Amazon's going to look at the holistic approach of each of those characteristics, and then how is it is it weighing um, its ranking on those on those characters differently than it would others, or is it all kind yeah. of like on the same playing field? No, they're all different. So that that's the other thing too. Um, so you you might think that. Uh, you know, if a kanji uh, character, you know, so the kanji character has the phonetic element to it, right? So there's the pictorial and the and the phonetic. So let's say I have a kanji character that that reads sa, all right? So and the the hiragana, which is the phonetic element of that, also says sa. Uh, if you think that this sa is equal to this sa, that is wrong. Uh, especially with PPC. You've got to have two different SAs, uh, one for the kanji, one for the hiragana, so that you can um, you can attract the, the right um, buyer searches to those keywords. Um, and there's also another complicated, um, uh, I guess, way in which people use uh, the two of them together. So they might use half a word with the kanji and the other half of the word with the hiragana. So they will have a blended uh, word. Uh, and sometimes they won't have the blended word. They will have the whole word in maybe two kanji characters. So, so you, you've got to find out which of those variations is the most popular. 
because uh, if you do that, then you have a better chance of more traffic and you have a better chance of, um, you know, having buyer matches that actually go to the to your listing and not to someone else's. So, right. yeah. So so one one really good resource for finding out what those variations are that that will convert uh, is brand analytics. And um, of course, this is only available to brand registered sellers. Um, but if you are brand registered, lucky you, because you can actually go in and type those variant variants in your brand analytics and find out which, um, you know, which ones rank higher or which ones have the, the low search frequency rank or which means they're more popular on Amazon. Interesting. So what this varies obviously from listing to listing product to product, each of those can rank differently. Yes. For, for one reason or another. Wow. What that's to throw yeah. another layer on, how do I even rank my one product on mm -hmm. a marketplace Japan? Yeah. So, so I think that kind of leads us to maybe a, a quick comment from other people who are listening. I know, uh, it from again, mind eyes. Thanks for, uh, sending this in. Is there a third party that can help us create content as you described, like, uh, these listings and whatnot? Obviously I know your agency does. Is this something that you guys are helping people build out? and make sure it's optimized for their listings in uh, uh, Amazon Japan? Right. So, yeah. So we, you know, at our agency, we do help uh, with um, keyword research and uh, competitor research. And we also give you, you know, some, uh, we could help create your campaign structure and stuff like that also. And of course, we also offer uh, management services. Uh, but the translation is something that you might want to, you know, go and there's so many translators, right? The problem with translators or translation companies is that they may not put uh, enough emphasis on keywords or the keyword strategy for PPC, right? They might have keywords as in, you know, popular ways of saying things. Uh, but the thing is that we have to train the algorithm. If we've got to, um, we've got to, work with the algorithm more than uh, just what is popular out there, right? So uh, so that's where, you know, we can help in um, kind of doing the initial keyword research for you and giving you variants that you can then go and use um, and place strategically on your titles or your build points in the back end and so on. So yeah, so, yeah. So you know, we could work with your translation aid. So we could be the first step where we we put uh, a packet together for you, and then you hand that off to your translator, and they can just use that and make sure that they uh, use all those words that we've kind of highlighted uh, as important for for your product. Awesome. And then, so with uh, with Amazon too, I know you guys are focused on Amazon. Are you seeing these same kind of uh, strategies that you can implement on these other marketplaces like? like Rakuten and those other uh, e-commerce marketplaces. Is that what you have seen that work as well? So we don't uh, we don't really do anything with Rakuten, uh, but uh, you know the principles are the same. Like whatever is more popular, it is more popular. So fortunately, with Amazon, with brand analytics, you get that data right from Amazon. It's the shopper data that everyone wants, right? Right. So, exactly. Yeah. So you can you can always uh, repurpose that information for other markets uh, if it's your own kind of brand analytics. You you don't want to. Yeah. It's not really allowed to kind of uh, right share. It yeah, what'd you say? And, and again, mine is for thank, thanks for watching again. Uh, obviously, providing value and content. We we changed some lives today, Ritu. So that's all we wanted uh, from this show. But anyways, uh, would you say that it's better to start on Amazon, or would you rather should uh, e-commerce sellers again growing? This is the concept. We're if we're growing into a marketplace like Japan, is it best to do it on Amazon and then expand from there, or is it best to do? Um, like a Rakuten or maybe like a more localized marketplace like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, if you are an Amazon seller, then, you know, having the experience of, and, you know, dealing with all the complexities that Amazon, you know, throws at you all the time, all the time. Um, you know, once you've got that, un, you know, under your belt, you know how to run Amazon uh, on one marketplace, then maybe think about Japan, unless you have someone local there to help you with, you know, setting things up. Um, that's also another approach. Um, yeah. And yeah, and again, I am. I won't be able to comment on the Rakuten or any of the the local markets there, but I know that the, there's a lot of um, other markets that you could tap into on Amazon. Um, oh, sorry, in Japan, uh, such as PayPay Mall, which is run by I believe Yahoo. Uh, they they own it, and I think that's uh, 
after Amazon, that's the number two or number three uh, largest um, uh, online uh, retail store. Uh, actually, I, I realized this only recently it was published, I don't know, in, in one of the uh, reports I read recently. So yeah, so check out Pepe Mall, check out Rockton for sure. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it, there's there's just more opportunity. I think the thing with this week, our theme has been there's so much opportunity internationally. And I know it was, uh, if you're following this, again, a follower of Ping Pong or a customer of Ping Pong, or you just want to learn more about uh, international growth or Amazon growth, my, my prediction has always been, and I've put it out there for a lot of different marketplaces, is that I think Amazon or just sellers or entrepreneurs in general are going to have to hard look at international growth. A lot of people talk about it and they don't, they're like, ah, oh, it's just too hard or it's too difficult or what's the point in value? I think that there's just a lot of marketplaces like, like Japan, there's Australia, there's Germany. Internationally, again, this is a perspective from someone who's in the United States and has worked with companies in the United States, is that working internationally outbound, that those marketplaces are budding at the seams and are going to explode in the next year or two just because of the natural resurgence, resurgence or not resurgence, resurgence of uh, COVID-19 and e-commerce use in general, but it's fast forwarded so quickly that people are going to have to start making power plays and start grow in those marketplaces. So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that or what kind of your thoughts are, have been from this kind of like 2020 weird year that we've had. Yeah, it's, it is weird. Like, you know, just a, a quick anecdote about, um, you know, some of the online events that Amazon used to host year on year, like Prime Day or Black Friday, Cyber Monday, they never actually spiked for you know any of the people we know or, or work with. Uh, but this year they did. So it was different, obviously. Uh, there's way more people shopping online and there definitely more people shopping on Amazon uh, Japan. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really telling of um, how things have changed and how things are here to stay, actually, because, uh, you know, even even if we get the vaccine and even if everything starts to go back to normal, the habits that we've kind of uh, absorbed now, they're convenient and they're nice and it's going to be uh, they're here to stay. So I think uh, definitely have a strategy where you can take advantage of all these different opportunities that are, that are there around you. Yeah. yeah. And we had a couple of different, and I, when I ask for questions, I typically get them. So this is, this is some that are served, um, maybe Ruti, that you can jump in. What's the best way to assess market demand in Japan or the wave that we were talking about for current trends? You were saying if it, if it's going to be popular, if it's nine times out of 10, it's going to be there to stay. Is there, is there a way to kind of deem, you know, from your point of view, you've seen, you know, trends develop and grow. What's yeah. the best way to do that? Um, yeah, so I think um, if you're just looking at Amazon, uh, you know, definitely look at brand analytics. That's going to be uh, the best resource for finding out what's uh, trending on Amazon. Uh, I actually just checked it this morning and the number one or two or three um, you know, searches were all related to this show that uh, is currently air airing on uh, Amazon Prime. Um, and it was something about, again, it's some sort of animation uh, manga. I can't, I couldn't, I can't remember what it was. Something we're not cool enough to know all the details, yeah. right? We're, we're behind the trend. <laughs> well, I mean, you are on US maybe right now, I don't know what's the number one. It could be uh, AirPods or something like that. But in oh general, yeah, exactly. It's some, something to do with animation. It's some sort of movie on uh, Prime that is uh, trending really. And then they, uh, the second or third uh, search was uh, character goods. And the way they, what they mean by character goods is that when you have a movie or something come out, there's obviously like uh, merchandise that comes along with it. So people are crazy about that too. So when they get obsessed, they get obsessed all around. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I would assess and say like the Baby Yoda like fiasco that kind of came out like it was time poorly last year but this year everyone it's literally everywhere just yeah. because of it it's a social media trend it's a content consuming trend Correct. uh that yeah. and like anything that's you know in movies and whatnot that, that makes sense i i can see that um so thank you for your question pretty um uh i think a couple more came in but i might hold on to those um <laughs> mine dies again i'll never go grocery shopping again and with the convenience of online shopping like doordash or any kind of like uber eats here in the united states and I, internationally those those kinds of things exist as well it's hard it's hard to say i'm going to spend two to three hours in the grocery store when i can just order from the comfort of my home and have it delivered 
conveniently. So that is that is uh, that's a good point, mind eyes. Um, so let's maybe dive back into the PPC aspect, uh, Ritu. Do you find, I know it's a, uh, for marketplaces in the United, like the United States on Amazon, a lot of companies will use PPC to launch a product. Is that suggested to do in Japan as well? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, what are the varying differences? Can you maybe walk through, like, if there is any, maybe like, what's the smart way to go? If you can kind of give us some tips, that'd be fantastic. Right. Yeah. So, so the very first step before you do anything is, uh, keyword research, uh, because your keyword research uh, is going to shape your listing, it's going to shape what you put in your bullet points and everything. Um, and, you know, yeah, so that's the foundation. So you've got to do your keyword research and uh, anticipate searches in the four scripts that I mentioned. So there's hiragana, kanji, katakana, and English. So you want to make sure you've covered all of them. Don't just leave uh, anything on the table because uh, you've got to have a coverage that uh, is four times more than in, in just the English language. So anticipating those as long, uh, in addition to uh, the blended versions that I was talking about. So the kanji plus hiragana blended versions of keywords. Um, so I think once you've done your keyword research, you want to then, um, you know, hand that over to a translation company or a translator, uh, making sure that they pick from the top, which means the most popular keywords at the top or the more, most essential keywords to include in your listing. Um, and once they weave those in and you have a decent um, uh, you know, uh, set set of title and bullet points. Um, then um, you also want to make sure that your um, uh, your images are kind of um, in line with what Japanese people are willing to kind of or are more interested in. For example, with steps or with procedures or with uh, infographics and um, more detail, right? So that's 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 where you want to put a lot of emphasis on. So you want to get some graphics designer that understands this, or if you absolutely do not have anyone in Japan to do it, show them a few listings that are done a certain way and ask them to make their listings similar. Um, I think at this point, I want to show my screen because there is... Um, you know, some examples that I had here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I don't know if you can see my screen. Yeah, you can. Um, yep. so, yeah, so this is just like a, uh, just a bleach, like a household bleach. Yeah. And, you know, they are very interested in what's on the back, uh, all the details, give it to them, no problems with the small font, absolutely no problem. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you see the style. This is so Japanese. The style with you know the fonts with the the outlines. Yeah, um, I was gonna say color. Color is yeah. the number one thing. I would say yeah. uh, it does. I know it looks crowded to myself, but yeah. you're saying this is pretty typical for a listing. So yeah. Okay. In fact, if it doesn't, if your images don't have this level of detail, then you're missing something out because this is what they expect. This is this is what they expect. Um, and then again, this is again giving with bullet points and more detail about what kind of, um, you know, stains this product can remove. And then uh, some more descriptions of even the process, right? You, you soak it in for 30 minutes and then just uh, kind of, um, you know, dry it and fold it and stuff like that. And then it also gives more detail about how you, you're supposed to use it. Right, so everything in so much detail on a listing. Uh, compared to this, if you look at another listing, perhaps um, this one, it mostly has the kind of images of the product, but here there is some more detail, right? So this gives you more detail. Um, let's see if there's one more I can show you. Yeah, I mean, this may be not a purely Japanese brand, so they don't, they haven't nailed it yet. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they they do have a few kind of uh, local localized images right here, which is mm -hmm. a good thing to do. By the way, you should localize your images uh, as far as possible. But the one that stands out as a purely Japanese, anyone can tell that this is a this was created in Japan for the Japanese people, and they love it. They will love it. Um, so yeah, so just uh, look for these sorts of. Um, styles that you can then hand over to a graphics designer and say, hey, make me something like this. And that's not too hard. Um, so yeah, so thinking um, thinking about uh, all those 
you know, uh, little details that can make a lot, lot of difference. Um, I think I think I the thing I pulled from that there obviously there's a lot to read so maybe like in the United States I know like I hate to say it, a lot of people are just like lazy and they just don't they want to just see what the product does and that's why the importance of video is so like this wave is hitting with people of like how to use a product they don't want to read this content so but it it seems almost opposite in the Japanese culture like although pictures are important context and what you're actually describing to the customer or potential customer is even more important. Would yes. you agree with that? Absolutely. They they want all the details. Give it to them. <laughs> that I mean, so I mean, I guess if you're an Amazon seller and you want to go into that detail, you have to be super descriptive of your listings. You have to be yeah. super descriptive in your photography, which again, there, there's reasons like each marketplace is is different. That's that's why it's so important to know your marketplace and why this is so valuable um, as well. So so using PPC to rank these products, um, I'm trying to think of maybe a, another question that kind of popped in my head. There's there's all these ideas coming. Do you find products that are easier to rank in Japan than it is maybe in like in the United States? Like you would see quicker results or just strategies easier to implement? Yeah, I think uh, PPC uh, in Japan is um, quite hard. Actually, it's hard okay. because yeah because a lot of people don't put in uh, the you know the thought into uh, you know the the details such as like the language scripts or um figuring out which keywords are more important than or which version of the pronunciation is more important than the others so it is hard because um you know it's like 4x the number of um, keywords uh, compared to English. And then you've got to manage those. And if you kind of make some wrong uh, choices um, in terms of like going, um, I guess, too broad in the beginning, um, you know, you might end up with a lot of keywords that you don't know what to do with. Uh, so, you know, having uh, certain clean strategies like having lean campaigns, um, having, um, you know, starting with uh, some seed keywords and then letting software uh, you know, detect or discover new keywords that clearly indicate how uh, frequently those you know, long tail keywords are being used. So using software to kind of detect those would be a good way to go. Um, and as, as I was explaining in the beginning, PPC Ninja does offer, um, you know, PPC management tools and we support Japan fully. So if you want to use uh, our software to discover those keywords, that's another way you can, you know, start small, but then grow it over time. Uh, so you definitely need software. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's a good question. One of those uh, I'll pull up in some of the questions that rolled in. Mm -hmm. uh, I think when he, when Brennan from Facebook, he actually asked uh, justify any ROI. I think what are you tracking as a, as an agency or like as a, as a company, how are you tracking those kinds of things with the packages and pricing that you guys are offering? Um, it, I mean, is it, is it per like uh, listing or is it per like, is it per sale or how are you guys, uh, showing your rate of return investment? Um, so I think for for PPC, the most important number is the ACOS. Um, and you, know, you wanna um, maximize your return on ad spend. So that's the one metric that everyone uses. Um, and um, other than that, I, I would just say that um, you know if if you're able to start ranking on on your on page one or higher than you were, that would be another way to measure success. Uh, recently, we worked with someone um, who had um, a pretty decent listing, but we just helped them optimize it. And once it was optimized, it started seeing way more sales than before. So that's another measure. Like, how does you know? Um, improving certain things or strategically placing certain keywords in certain places, how does that improve the overall, um, you know, uh, sales velocity uh, and so on. So those would be ways, I guess, to, to kind of measure success. Yeah. Um, another one specific to PPC Ninja that just came in. Um, again, thank you everyone for your questions. You're listening live again on LinkedIn. I also see those questions. That's why you see me turning screen to screen to make sure I'm monitoring uh, questions and comments. Does PPC Ninja, translate the keywords. So PPC Ninja won't translate the keywords. It just picks it up from your search terms. But if you want to use our service, which is human based, uh, we will give you keywords 
that you can use. So we have a service just for um, doing your keyword research, your competitor research, and we can also set up your campaigns for you in Japanese. Uh, so those are the three services. But what you could do with our keyword research is that you can hand that over to a translator and say, hey, just make sure that the translation has uh, these and we can highlight those things. We can say, make sure to put these keywords in the title or make sure to put these in the back end. Uh, because let's say English words, you want to put them in the back end because you don't want to make your uh, listing unreadable. Um, you want to highlight a few English words, but you don't want to just stuff them into your listing. So we can do that bit, but then you'll have to take it to a translation agency and they do the translation and then you can uh, upload uh, those to Amazon. Yeah, and that makes sense. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I fully answered that question, but yeah. So there's. I mean, I I think like there there's a context yeah. if you uh just outright obviously you wouldn't translate it for them, but if you want to work with them as like almost like an agency perspective and and get your expertise on it, you would work with them to translate those keywords as well. So there there's a varying degree of that answer of they can. It, it just depends on the level of interaction you would want. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Let me, uh, oh, there you go. Yes, you did. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Pretty. Um, for your question, uh, let me see. I will, there's a couple of them and they're, they're great questions too. So um, the one, almost like a comment that maybe we can touch on and maybe I have a question on top of this. So Mana's uh, commented from YouTube, it's difficult to give so much info on dietary supplements as health claims are not permitted. Um, I'm assuming to, the marketplace that you're in mind eyes this webinar has given us some great ideas to engage with customers in new ways and that's fantastic um i think i think that is a very difficult uh category to be in obviously um but obviously if you're going to japan or to are is that is that a topic or a category that's very difficult to kind of like stand out in as supplements i'm not i'm not sure if that's a popular like it is in the united states as popular in japan very popular. Extremely, it is popular. Okay. Yeah, extremely popular and extremely competitive. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, so it's, it's it's that's the case around the world. So yeah, yeah, maybe maybe just standing out more with the details of the supplement or pictures to stand yeah. out. Um, that that's a good way to to kind of go off of that. Um, someone asked about ping pong, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But we're gonna talk about PPC, of course. Um. I think those are all, I think we're up to date now. So um, before we're kind of coming up on the top of the hour and I won't keep you too past that. Um, maybe for, let's kind of like take 2020 on a holistic point of view. It was weird. It was definitely not expected. Uh, one of the fun exercises I was doing or two is like the last two weeks. I look at people's kind of like predictions of 2020 <laughs> back when it was 2019. They're like, oh yeah, these things were happening in 2020. Clearly none of them were right because no one saw what was coming. And it was almost like funny. It was like, uh, man, I really wish it would have happened this way, like in an alternative universe. What's kind of, uh, again, predicting that hopefully things, uh, uh, hopefully, you know, turn for the better um, for the for the world, obviously. What if we get back to some sort of like velocity or we change it because of this big time event? What is that wish list or that hope or that vision that you see Amazon taking on in 2021? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, right now I just know that Amazon is going through a lot of um, logistics uh, issues and shipping delays are happening all over the place. So I think if there was one thing I would, you know, like Amazon to do in 2021 a little bit better is, um, you know, helping manage that side of things a bit better. Like FBA has always been such a great way for uh, small sellers to kind of send their products into uh, to Amazon and they take care of it. But now it's breaking uh, so badly that shoppers, I mean, sellers aren't even able to send in enough inventory. So that's really um, something that I wish Amazon would do better in 2021, knowing that um, this online shopping, um, you know, trend is not going away, even if uh, things go back to normal. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think that's something that logistics has been really tough. Um, I know inventory from a high level is is being restricted more and more and more um, for at least the United States marketplace. Um, internationally, I, I'm not sure what those numbers are, but we're going to assume that they, it just depends on how the, the velocity is because Amazon's been stress test just like a lot of sellers at this juncture is how quickly can we get the goods to people? I know in the United States, 
shipping and logistics are just a nightmare. They're sending out to customers. Hey, just please be patient with us. It's, there's just so much happening online now that even like the United States Postal Service, for example, they just can't get stuff to you as quickly as they promised. And that's you know a problem. So I think there's a lot of innovation that's going to come from this. How do you get your goods, your services to people quicker, um, especially when you promise two-day, two-hour delivery, um, as crazy as it is still? Um, what, what's the one thing that you kind of, uh, you missed the most that you didn't think you would? Uh, missed as in personally missed. Yeah, like what, uh, I mean, everyone's kind of like at home or if they're out, they're out like on a, you know, very limited capacity. What's yeah. one thing that you're like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I just took for granted this. <laughs> yeah, I, I miss my family. They're all over the place. Like we, we do a lot of Zoom calls now. We never used to do Zoom calls before. Yeah. But yeah, I miss my family. I, I wish I could, you know, fly to them, meet them. I can't. So yeah, yeah, I agree. I think uh, travel restrictions and the, I, I think networking is another thing uh, yeah. for those who are in this industry and sellers in general, just networking and knowing and partnerships, they happen yeah. at the conferences. Uh, I myself, when I was at ping pong, I was brought on just as a pandemic was setting off. So I haven't even met my own colleagues. So Ooh. this is something that's just, hey, uh, we all look, know what each other's top half looks like. And the bottom half is a little bit more, like, it's a, we don't know. So it's, I, I think we're trying to get more innovative. Networking is evolving, um, obviously, in the safety capacity. But yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, travel is one thing I do wish. I was supposed to go to Italy this past summer. Uh, didn't happen. I know. Just in general, like me personally, I miss it a lot. Um, maybe uh, one more question. Uh, I know we were talking about uh, ping pong. Someone asked, actually asked the question. I'll throw it up there. What does ping pong do? And that's a great question. Uh, and I'll wrap it up with this is there um is there anything else that you think is like other people should take a look at before jumping into the japanese marketplace late obviously translations is one huge thing uh your keywords and what products are going to sell well is next is there another piece that they should really look into or do the research on uh so i just want to so this is kind of breaking news um amazon just uh rolled out their video ads in japan so if awesome. uh, yeah, so that's actually been one of the best converting um, ad types on the U.S. market, actually everywhere that they've rolled them out. So they're really good. So if you are uh, trying to kind of enter or break into the, the Japanese market, I really recommend, in addition to whatever strategies we talked about, uh, definitely look at video ads. And you might think that um, it, it's, you know, it's a complicated investment needing for, you know, videographers and so on. It's not. Like the barrier to entry is pretty low right now. So just get in there uh, as soon as you get a chance um, and start let, let's say even uh, start um, start new launches with video ads if you are brand registered that is um, it, I think it's going to be a great uh, great resource for you to, to even rank for certain keywords awesome looking forward to 2021 that that sounds awesome and we can obviously dive in more to that I think we'd love to have you on to kind of talk about that probably here in the next month or two just to kind of like recap and keep fresh everything you're learning and what our audience can learn as well. But Ritu, thank you so much for joining us today. It was an awesome way to end this season of Crossover Commerce. So I appreciate your time, your knowledge, expertise, and just kind words. Um, obviously, just so much content that we can dive into. But on a high level, I think I'm going to walk away with and say Japan is a budding marketplace. Dive into that as soon as possible. Um, and then obviously for people who are asking what ping pong does, we are a cross-border payments agency, our services that helps people uh, save money with uh, sending and receiving funds, whether it's sending money overseas to VAs or to service providers, sourcing agents, things like that. And then receiving money when you are in marketplaces like Japan and you receive those goods, if you're in the United States, you can actually save on those conversion fees by using us. If you have questions, go ahead and ask, reach out to support at pingpongx.us or go ahead and tag me and ask your questions. Uh, my name is Ryan Kramer. I'm on social media or tag pingpong. We'll make sure we help you out as well. But Ritu, thank you so much for joining us today. It so was much. a pleasure. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, again, I end the show with calling everyone officially bestowing the title of friend of crossover commerce. You are now that. <laughs> so you're a friend of the show. Anytime you want to jump on, comment, can, like just come and educate our audience, you're more than welcome to. So thank you so much uh, for doing you. that today.
Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much, uh, Ryan. This was really um, fun and interesting. And actually, I just want to wrap up with one more thing. Yeah, for would, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. If anyone would like us to uh, do a listing audit, if you're already, let's say, selling on Japan and just want to do a listing audit for us to just uh, look at stuff and see how where you're where you're at uh, in terms of we probably give you a scorecard or something. Uh, we're we're actually uh, offering um, two lucky winners. If if you would like to send us an ASIN, uh, just send us an email at support at ppcninja.com and we'd be uh, able to draw two people from whoever uh, applies and we will do uh, a listing audit for you for free. So yeah, and and I put that in the ticker below Ooh. and we'll make sure again if you have questions, just tag or two. Uh, or PPC Ninja in the social media posts, they will make sure they uh, touch base with you. Same with here with Ping Pong. If you have questions, go ahead and tag me or Ping Pong and we will reach out to you. But again, ppcninja.com, that's my fault. I had that queued up for us. So th thank you for reaching out and uh, mentioning that as well. So again, for Ritu from PPC Ninja, I'm Ryan Kramer with Ping Pong Payments. Again, this is our season finale. This is episode 30. We're not going away. We have season two lined up. I already have tons of great guests lined up for January. We're just going to take a little bit of a break to kind of revamp, make sure that we're bringing the best people to the show um, as possible to give insight and knowledge. But in the meantime, we're going to continue to release these on audio form. Again, maybe seen in the ticker. Uh, go ahead and search for Crossover Commerce on Apple uh, Podcasts, on uh, Spotify, on anywhere basically where you watch or listen to your podcast. We will be there. We're going to release, I think, 24 episodes here in the next, in the holiday season. So if you missed something prior, go ahead and re-listen to this. This this episode will also exist on those shows as well. So, again, thank you so much. We will join you guys again in 2021. New year. It's going to be better. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, and Ritu, again, best of luck to you and your team in finishing Q4. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. Take care, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye.